0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Speaking of Animals. My name is Caitlin Holling, and I'm the Community Outreach and Development Coordinator at the Flag the Humane Society. Happy Saturday. I hope you all have been enjoying this month, and it's been going well for everyone listening, and you're enjoying the holiday season that is fastly approaching. If you tuned in last week, you heard us speak about our canine friends and their extraordinary senses. Tom couldn't make it this week due to traveling for the holiday, so I hope he's having a great time with his family. But you and I can finish up what we didn't get to last time, and we can talk about a little bit of new information as well this week. So the information that we went over last week was about the canine senses. The information is from an article from the American Kennel Club, which was written by doctor of veterinary medicine. Her name is Lynn Buzzhart. So last week, we covered vision, the canine vision sense, and we learned that humans can see more colors more colors, and distinguish more visual detail, where canines can see better in the dark or dim light and are able to better detect tiny movements, which makes them great hunters. We covered smell, and we learned that canine noses, they function about 10,000 times better than ours do. And they're one of their most important senses. There is even some evidence that the sense of smell is one of the first senses to be active, even allowing prenatal scent learning. Canine sense of smell is used in dog intra- and interspecies communication, including with man. And the sense of smell has been utilized by humans for over a century. As you can probably see from all the number of working dogs that utilize their incredible sense of smell to help us humans. For um, bomb-sniffing dogs or drug-sniffing dogs or even dogs that can smell when our blood or hormones are out of whack to help medically as well. It's really incredible. And then as for sense of taste, humans have about 9,000 taste buds compared to the 1,700 in canines. So humans can taste much better than canines, but that's probably for the best. (laughs) And touch is a tie between humans and canines. And then as for hearing, humans are actually comparable to our canine friends as far as the quality of sound, but dogs can detect much higher frequencies And they can hear at much longer distances than we can, as you probably suspected. Dogs are able to hear sounds that are higher in pitch than humans, including ultrasound produced by some rodents and insects. So that could be very useful for hunting. On average, dogs can hear about four to five times as far as humans can. So they can hear things much further than we can, which is why they'll probably hear things quicker or before we will. And then where we, last off, where we left off last week, we got through each of the five senses, but there is one, one more quick part I wanted to include. Like humans, dog hearing injury and loss can be caused by very loud noises and can be temporary or permanent, partial or complete. The louder the sound, the shorter the amount of exposure it takes to damage hearing. So the loudness at which human hearing is immediately damaged is above 120 decibels, and then for every three decibel increase in loudness over that 85 decibels, the allowable, me- the allowable exposure time is reduced by half to prevent hearing damage. Dog noise exposure limits are not currently known, but because their hearing is more sensitive, it is possible that dogs' hearing could be damaged at lower levels than humans, especially for high-pitched sounds. For this reason, it is important to consider providing dogs with hearing protection when working in a very noisy environment. It is recommended that dogs' hearing is protected to at least the same level as their handlers whenever possible. You can consult a qualified veterinarian for further advice about working with dogs in a noisy environment. A single very loud burst of sound, such as an explosion, can damage hearing immediately by rupturing the eardrum or damaging the tiny bones. However, more often, hearing is damaged as the result of repeated exposure to loud sounds such as a noisy kennel environment. Listening to loud sounds such as other dogs barking in their kennels can overwork hair cells inside the Coachella, which causes them to die. The hair cells. This particularly affects the high pitch area of the Coachella, so the ability to hear high-pitched sounds is most often affected. Exposure to loud noises can cause tinnitus, which is the hearing a ringing or roaring sound that can be temporary or even permanent. So to take steps to ensure that your dog's hearing is not damaged by a noisy kennel environment, we recommend that you meet the five needs under the Animal Welfare Act that was passed in the UK in 20. 2006, which are you protect dogs from pain, suffering and injury caused by hearing damage. You provide a suitable environment with a comfortable noise level. You allow the dogs to and you allow the dogs to exhibit normal behavioral patterns such as resting in a quiet area. Alrighty, so that's all for our little deep dive into canines and their amazing senses. I hope I didn't bore anyone too much with all the technical jargon, and hopefully some people found it interesting and maybe even learned something new. Next week, we're going to dive into feline senses, so stay tuned next week if you'd like to hear more about that. And we're going to take one quick break, and we'll be right back. Alrighty, and we're back. So today, I wanted to talk to you about an interesting article from The Guardian. It's by Nadine Badash, and it's titled, Reindeers' Blue Eyes Act as Night Vision Goggles to Help Find Food in the Winter. So I thought this would be a great topic to talk about, because we're learning more together about animal senses, but I thought we would switch a little to the Christmas theme and maybe talk about reindeers and their senses. So I found this article really interesting, and I thought it would be a great one to share with you all. So what we can learn from this article this Christmas season is that researchers looked into why the species are the only mammals whose eyes change color depending on the season. Which, I don't know if you guys knew that, but I had no idea that their eyes change color depending on the season, which is really cool, and they're the only mammal whose eyes change color depending on the season. So researchers wanted to look into what causes this. So they change from golden orange in the summer to a blue in the winter months. So this study found that while the color shift may help them see better in the peak of winter when snowfall is heavy, it also allows their eyes to transmit ultraviolet light, which is similar to how bees or insects see ultraviolet colors in flowers and find pollen, which is really interesting that mammals are also able to do this as well. Well, some mammals. So researchers said this raises further questions, as the sun's UV rays reflecting off the snow results in the species taking in twice as much UV light because of their advanced eyesight. Researchers looked into why the species are the only mammals whose eyes change color depending on the season, from the golden orange in the summer to the blue hue in the winter, and the study found that the color shift may help them see better in the peak of winter when the snowfall is heavy. They, said this is, they also said that this reason is why the deer are able to see clearly in the dark and scour for food items such as leachin. The study was led by Professor Nathaniel Dominey, an anthropologist at Dartmouth College in the U.S., and Dr. Catherine Hobiter and Professor Julie Harris of the University of St. Andrews School of Psychology and Neuroscience. Hobiter said, to our eyes... Just like for most mammals, pale lichen is white snow. It's incredibly hard to spot. But to reindeer eyes, the species they need to feed on would stand out as dark patches in much more reflective snowy landscape because of those UVs. Reindeer are known to feed on a particular species of lichen named the Cladonia rangfarina, often referred to as reindeer moss. The lichen species vital to reindeer survival is in fact not moss, and it grows in sponge-like beds across the northern latitudes. Hovater said it had previously been suggested that reindeer's night vision may be an adaptation to forage for the lichen, but previous tests did not find sub- substantial evidence. However, She said that there are over 13,000 different species of lichen worldwide, and to date, no one has actually tested the species that the reindeer feed on. She said, One of the amazing things about Scotland is that we have some of the richest lichen diversity in the world. The highlands host over 1,500 species, and the Canagorms are home to a local herd of reindeer. Reintroduced to Scotland after they were being hunted into extinction. So Scotland is the perfect place to try and finally solve the mystery, she says. The team began researching in March in the Carnigum Mountain Range in the eastern highlands in search of lichen beds. They photographed various lichen beds under UV light, finding that different species absorbed or reflected the light differently and that the reindeer moss absorbed the light very strongly. Dominique said, if you can put yourself in their hooves, looking at this white landscape, you would want a direct route to your food. Reindeer don't want to waste energy wandering around searching for food in a cold, barren environment. If they can see leeching from a distance, that gives them a huge advantage, letting them conserve precious calories at a time when food is scarce. We're going to take one more quick break and we'll be right back. Alrighty, and we're back. And I just wanted to let you all know that at the Flagler Humane Society, we've had a lot of adoptions this month, which is really great. And we're really thankful to everyone who has chosen to adopt an animal this month or at all this entire year or ever. If you have ever chose to adopt, we really appreciate you. And all the animals are very thankful. And even if you, all the animals that are still at the shelter, they appreciate as well. It helps them out because the dogs that get loving homes it makes room for more animals that are in need and more resources for them the ones that are in need so we really appreciate everyone that chooses to adopt and even if you can't adopt right now fostering or volunteering is also a great option and it helps out a lot so make sure to check out our website and our social media you can contact our volunteer coordinator if you'd like to contact if you'd like to start volunteering we have a new volunteer orientation the second Sunday in January. It starts at 1 p.m. And if you'd like to become a volunteer, make sure you come to our new volunteer orientation. Again, that so that is the second Sunday in January. And also fostering. We're having a fostering special right now. So if you'd like to take a dog home or a cat um, for the holidays, let them experience what it's like to have a loving, safe, calm home for the holidays they would really appreciate it so we're doing a little foster special where you can foster the dog anytime we started on december 18th so you can come and pick them up and then we you can return them or adopt them by january 7th so that would really help us out and help the shelter out and of course help the animals out a lot if you have time or would like to help us out in that way and that's all for this week but i hope you all have a great saturday and i'll see you all next week thank you